your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On This Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And be sure to make Locked On Leafs part of your daily podcast listening routine. You can find the podcast wherever you find your podcast. All right, a couple of things that we got to get to today. First and foremost, a pretty sizable roster move. I would say, I mean, sizable, maybe a little bit uh, overboard here, but a noteworthy roster move went down in Leafsland today. We'll definitely chat about that. And then uh, there's some talk about what the Olympic teams could look like, whether it's in Canada, U.S., um, wherever. And a couple of Maple Leafs have made their way, some Maple Leaf prospects, that is. Of course, no NHLers will be there. But a couple of prospects are starting to, uh, their names are starting to surface as, as guys who could be en route to playing for, uh, you know, at the Olympics. So I'll let you know about a couple of those guys. And then the Locked On NHL Network, as they do each and every Thursday, uh, we put out our NHL power rankings, and I'll let you know where the Leafs sit. And kind of t- talk a little bit about... Um, my thoughts on the power rankings, some guys, some teams I think that are a little too high, some teams I think that are a little too low, just a good opportunity really to go ahead and, uh, and just have a full conversation and talk about some of the teams around the league. So that's what's in store for today's podcast. Um, but let's get right to it. The biggest news of the day, uh, in Leafland, the Toronto Maple Leafs have waived Nick Ritchie. That's right. Big Rich. Sent down to the minors, sent on waivers. Now, he could technically still get claimed, um, but I'm not expecting that to happen. Uh, so, Nick Ritchie, he's, he's just one goal, seven assists through 30 games this season, right? Just the one goal. And I remember when he scored it, everybody was so stoked. And, you know, it seemed like they just were trying so hard to get this guy a goal. He's had ample opportunities to, to work for the Maple Leafs. They gave him chance after chance after chance. Started the, the season, started his Leafs tenure on the top line with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I mean, technically, Tavares was there because Matthews missed the first few games, but he had ample opportunity with those guys. Didn't quite work. Moved down to the second line, didn't quite work. You know, they put him on the fourth line. You know, it's been up and down, very inconsistent, lackluster, lackadaisical at times. Um, and and ultimately, you know, now that Ilya Mikheyev is back, Mitch Marner's back from his injury, and this team is, is fully healthy, the roster, the um, forward group at the very least, Nick Ritchie finds himself on the outside looking in. He is not one of this team's top 12 forwards. He just isn't. So, you know, and... and Look, he makes $2.5 bucks. This was clearly a swing and a miss for Kyle Dubas. And I, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to say, Dubas, how could you? That was a terrible signing. Look, you win some, you lose some at the end of the day. And you look at the forward group and you look at the, the way that he tried to, to replace Zach Hyman's production and replace the production and, and try and build depth through this forward group this offseason. 
he went three for four, you know, and, and, and when you go three for four, bat 750, that's not bad. And obviously the, the ones that I'm talking about, Michael Bunting, and you've got David Camp and Andre Kasha all signing this season for pretty cheap deals, less than Nick Ritchie, actually. Um, and those have all been, those have all been triples, if not home runs. And Nick Ritchie, that's a big time strikeout. Um, so here's exactly how this breaks down and why Nick Ritchie was sent down. Realistically, it's not necessarily that they don't think that he's an NHLer because I, I still believe he's an NHLer, but more so he's a fourth liner on a not so great team on a team that's not vying for the Stanley Cup or at the very least a, a strong long playoff run. But he, 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 you can't afford to have him here in Toronto as a 13th forward either. Like, is he the team's 13th best forward? Perhaps, probably. But I just don't believe that this team, well, I, I know this team cannot afford to have two and a half million bucks sitting up in the press box every night. They just can't have it. It just cannot happen considering that this team is already in such a cap crunch. So by sending Nick Ritchie down, this is the way that it works. Uh, the Leafs will clear $1.12 million off of their cap by sending him to the minors. That's the most amount of money that you can bury in the minors. So whatever's left of that, which turns out to be like 1.375 million just quick quick maths right there uh, i probably should have written that down but so they'll still have like 1.375 million on the books but that's not as bad as two and a half million and because they're the berry that 1.25 they actually are now under the cap by three hundred forty one thousand dollars um and they're now cap eligible to to play now that they've elevated and and they've brought uh, Timothy Lilligren off of the COVID list. It's kind of something that needed to happen here. So that's pretty much how it shakes out. So, you know, if, if he ends up clearing and they send him to the minors or they send him to the taxi squad, both of which could end up being the, you know, his, his ultimate destination with this move here. Um, but the Leafs, as long as they have him, uh, you know, down in, in, in the minors or not on the NHL roster at the very least, they'll accrue cap space um as long as they keep that that cap savings that 341,000 of the cap they can accrue those savings for the NHL trade deadline so you know they're going to try as, as hard as they can to try and maneuver and and make sure that they can accrue some cap space so that they can make a deal later later on down the road um, but what does this mean for Nick Ritchie Do, is there a possibility that I think that he could get claimed I really don't claimed Absolutely not. Could it be traded? Traded is is slightly more likely, but still to me unlikely. And I'll explain to you why that is. And and I've heard a couple of people on Twitter uh, toss out like, oh, there's so many teams that are ravaged with with injuries and COVID. I mean, at least get an NHL body out there, and, and they're you know they they're not up against the cap. They could use the 2.5 million dollars anyways. It's not like they they can't afford to take on that type of cap hit. And yes. That is true. Big problem with that is that he also has a $2.5 million cap hit next year. But the biggest issue isn't the cap hit that Nick Ritchie has next season. The biggest issue is what he's actually getting paid. And that's $3.3 million. $3.3 million bucks in actual 
dollars. That is insane for a guy who has scored one goal in 30 games. For a guy who has yet to be able to stick on any of the three NHL rosters that he has played for. So I don't really see a team being that interested in Nick Ritchie, uh, considering that they're going to have to pay him $3.3 bucks, And there's no signing bonus either. So typically, well not typically, but often the way the Maple Leafs uh, kind of go about business is they make sure that they have a signing bonus so that they can pay their guys on the first day of the league year. Traditionally, it's July 1. And, and you see this happen sometimes around the league too, that once that signing bonus gets paid, therefore the base salary is a lot less than the cap hit, and then they're easily able to be traded. Like for example, I know that uh, Louis Erickson um, this season, he's got a cap hit of $6 bucks, but for he had a bunch of signing bonuses earlier in his career, earlier in his contract, and those signing bonuses, once it gets paid out on the first, then they're able to trade him away. It's not the case here. His full base salary, because this year his base salary was only 1.7 million bucks, escrow reasons, right? So they were taking more money from the players this season than they are next season. So then he wanted to give himself more money that way. So that's kind of how that structuring happened. But the fact that they didn't get many any signing bonuses means that whatever team takes him, whether it's via trade or whether it's uh, through uh, a claimium on waivers, they're going to have to pay that full $3.3 million pop next year. And I got to tell you, I don't think there's any owner that will be willing to take that gamble, take that bet. The return on investment is not going to be great. I'll tell you that right now. I don't care if you're the Arizona Coyotes, the Buffalo Sabres, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, who right now are dead last in the NHL, you're not going to want to take that in this economy, a $3.3 million player who might play on your fourth line and could potentially end up falling out of favor like he did here in Toronto, and then you got a guy in the press box here paying $3.3 million bucks to fill his face with popcorn. I just, I really am not sure I could see a a team willing to take him on unless the Maple Leafs get creative. And this is where, you know, Kyle Dubas is going to have to work a little bit of magic to try and get this done. And what I mean by that is... Um, and this is probably the only way I could see Nick Ritchie getting off the books. And look, they need to get him off the books. That two and a half million bucks next season, that that is something that the Leafs cannot afford to stash up on the press box or, or you know, have him be dead cap if they try and bury him in the minors. They simply just cannot afford it. So they're going to have to get rid of this contract one way or another. And I think that they're going to have to either attach a draft pick or or a prospect with it. Give some incentive to one of these teams. Perhaps a team like Seattle, who needs draft picks. You know, they weren't able to farm as many picks as we saw Vegas do, or you know, in their first couple of seasons in the NHL. Maybe they'd be willing to take on a Nick Ritchie, take on a little bit more risk to get those picks to try and build up their organization and their franchise. I'm not saying the Leafs are going to be willing to give up a first rounder, but I believe they have a third round pick and and you know I'll, I'll double check that because I I know they only have a couple of picks and I'm pretty positive that they do have their third um and they do not sorry they have their second round pick so perhaps the second round pick is something that they decide to attach and considering that the Leafs are a team who's trying to go on a deep run they believe in this core they believe in this roster I mean that pick will probably land somewhere in the 50s if not the 60s if everything goes perfectly and we have a celebration down Young Street later in the summer 
Now, that said, that, that second-round pick, would that be valuable? Heck yeah. You look at the second-round picks that the Leafs have been able to make recently, Topi Nima, or uh, he was a third-round pick, actually. Uh, but he was through trading back a second-round pick to pick up that third-round pick. Anyways, getting off topic, Matthew Nyes was a second-round pick. Nicholas Robertson was a second-round pick. Roni Irvinen was a second-round pick as well, the, the Finnish kid who was playing at the World Juniors. So, you know, the second round is, is a good spot for teams to pick up some talent. So although the Maple Leafs have been really good at doing that and filling out their prospect cupboard a little bit over the last couple of seasons, I bet you a team like Seattle or maybe you know Arizona, who's also going through a rebuild, uh, perhaps maybe, just maybe Montreal would be interested in doing something like that to, to just try and get a draft pick um, and, and buy the draft pick essentially by paying the the 3.3 million dollars that they're going to have to pay next year. That's essentially what it is. And and you know we could look back and, and see that this has happened before. I mean the Maple Leafs had to do this before with Patrick Marlowe. but Patrick Marlowe was a little different. That was that was six million dollars. That was a lot, a lot, a lot. The actual money wasn't as much, but the cap hit was a lot. So they kind of had their feet to the fire and they had to cough up a first rounder, which turned out to be a pretty darn good pick. I think Seth Jarvis ended up being the pick of um, through that trade. But I think a second rounder would be worth it, and I think that would be an appropriate price for somebody like Nick Ritchie. So that would be the only way, the only way that I would see um, – Nick Ritchie getting traded. I don't think he holds zero value in my opinion. Uh, I doubt anybody, you know, trades, uh, you know, Nick Ritchie for another struggling player. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. And it makes no sense to also trade Nick Ritchie for another bad contract. Just a swap of bad contracts. It doesn't work. The, the Leafs need that cap space for next season. They desperately need it because Jack Campbell's got to get signed. They also got to try and keep Andre Kasha, who's going to be an RFA. You know, they've got Rasmus Sandin, who's going to be an RFA. So they've got some players um, that they've got to get signed. So that $2.5 million cap hit that Nick Ritchie has for next season, if he's not a guy who's going to compete with this team and a guy who's going to contribute and be a top 6-9 guy, they can't have him on the roster. They gotta find a way to get him out of here, and the only way I see that happening is if they dangle a pick or perhaps dangle a, a prospect. Maybe it's a Roni Irvinen, you know, one of those type of prospects. I I don't think it'll be a Robertson, you know, Nyes Nimala type of player. Perhaps a Nick Abruzzese, uh, a college, you know, a, a college pitch pick that they have playing for Harvard right now is having a pretty good year. I don't know. They've got some some like a B-level prospect in the cupboard that they can try and try and move or a second-round pick. Um, that would be the only way that I see Nick Ritchie finding his way out of Toronto. He's not going to get claimed. I don't believe he will get claimed. I'd be shocked if he gets claimed. Um, and I don't think a team will be willing to take that on without getting a, a sweetener to do it because, honestly, it's a favor for Toronto for any team that trades for Nick Ritchie at this point. It's just like one goal through 30 games, man. One goal through 30 games. Not, uh, just not, not having the production that you need to have in the NHL. And uh, unfortunately, um, I don't know. I don't want to say his time with Toronto is over because, you know, injuries could occur. Someone else ends up back on IR and he ends up back with the club, especially if he's sitting around on the taxi squad. I could totally see him you know, getting back into the lineup at some point, 
but I, it would be in the least best interest to move on, cut bait, realize that this was a swing and a miss, and uh, see if they can try and, and move Nick Ritchie without giving up too, too much to get it done. Uh, all right, let's take uh, let's take another quick break here, and when we come back, I want to chat about some of the the names that are being floated out there for the Olympic rosters. Some names for the Canadian roster, a couple of names for the American roster, including a couple of Maple Leafs prospects currently playing in the NCAA. So we'll get to that. We'll also chat a little bit about the Locked On NHL power rankings and more when we return here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier and to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, it could be chalky or waxy or taste like chemical spill. You'll want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, ah, it's just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? I'll tell you what. Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 net carbs with 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a regular candy bar that's got 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the car, or in the car, in the office, wherever. Throw out all the sugary and calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way... When you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from, too. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, many, many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so make sure you check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Once again, I am Mike DiStefano, a.k.a. Al's brother, the host of uh, Locked On Leafs. And you can listen to Locked On Leafs each and every day, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed and make us part of your daily listening routine. You guys hear that? That was my fan just randomly kicked in. Let's uh, turn that off so that it doesn't bother anybody. Because that bothered me, just kind of jolted me for a second, threw me for a little bit of a loop. Anyways, let's get back to the conversation, okay? So, we know that the NHLers are not going to the Olympics, right? We know this. It's, it's unfortunate. I thought, you know, Morgan uh, Morgan Riley might have had a good chance with the season that he's having. I thought John Tavares had a good chance to get to the playoffs or to get to the, the, the Olympics. Mitch Marner, obviously Tavares, and Jack Campbell for the American squad. You know, I, I really thought that we were going to be heavily represented um, at the Olympics with the Maple Leafs, but unfortunately, COVID hits, the schedule gets mangled, and the NHL had to pull out. That being said, we still might get a little bit of Maple Leafs flair at the Olympics. It seems like Team Canada and Team USA may go NCAA heavy with their 
selections. And uh, a couple of people have uh, kind of been tweeting about this. Uh, Chris Peters has been tweeting about this, as has Frank Saravalli. Scott Wheeler, um, who we had on the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago, also talking about some of the the list of long or the long list of names that could potentially be available uh, for Team Canada and some of those guys actually interestingly enough are, are some of the players who were representing Canada at the World Junior Championships and the fact that they weren't able to finish that tournament I wonder if the Olympics would be a, 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 a big enough carrot for them that's dangled right in front of them that they'd be willing to go. I mean, they'd have to leave school mid in the middle of school and do it. But, you know, there's there's reports here from Scott Wheeler that guys like Kent Johnson, Owen Power, um, as well as perhaps Mason McTavish of the Peterborough Peets, that all three of those guys have been asked or at least are on the long list of names who could potentially uh, play for Team Canada at the Olympics. I think that'd be, that'd be awesome, especially Owen Power. I mean, I, I really think that this guy is going to be a, a, a real talent for this team. We saw what he did in just the two games in the World Ch- in Junior Championships. I'd love to see what he could do in, in an Olympic setting. Um, so that'd be really, really cool. McTavish as well. Um, and then Kent Johnson, uh, who's Owen Powers' teammate at Michigan, is another one of those young names who's been mentioned to potentially make Team Canada. Um <clears throat> There's a couple of American guys too, who uh, have been named to uh, as potential suitors to be on Team USA. Jake Sanderson, Matty Berniers, Brock Faber, some NCAA flair, as well as two Maple Leafs prospects, Matthew Nice and Nick Abruzzese. And Abruzzese came out; his name came out uh, earlier today. Scott Wheeler reporting that he could be a guy who could receive an invite. Uh, he was at least fourth-round pick back in 2019. Uh, his first year of college just tore it up for Harvard. Had 14 goals, 30 assists for 44 points in 31 games. And then didn't play last year because the Ivy League's kind of dropped out of, of competition uh, and didn't play any sports due to, to COVID. And then this season got right back on the saddle there. Four goals, 14 assists, 18 points through 12 games this year. Um, so and Nick Ebersay is a guy, and, and that'd be real cool. You know, just 22 years old. If he could end up getting an opportunity to, uh, you know, represent his country at the Olympics and kind of be another one of those, uh, a little bit of Maple Leafs flair, someone that we could watch and cheer for and root for and have a rooting interest when uh, when some of these teams play. Um, and then Matthew Nyes, and uh, we've talked about Matthew Nyes a few times on this podcast. Tony Ferrari on yesterday's show was just talking about you know the skill level that Matthew Nyes has and how much of of a a a steal he looks like he's becoming from last year's draft. He's a second round pick last year, and he's reportedly um, has been offered a, a U.S. Olympic roster spot if he wants it. It, you know, this season coming into the University of Minnesota as a freshman, he's got seven goals, nine assists, 16 points in 18 games, and uh, has played some real solid two-way hockey. He's a power forward. You know, he can finish really well, and he scored in USA's lone game of the World Junior Championships before it got canceled. So he's a guy who's got some finish to him. He's got a little bit of nastiness to him. I, I really think that if Matthew Nyes makes the Olympic roster, that's going to be a, that's going to be a real Real fun guy to track 
during the Olympics. And I, I, I'd be, I'd be stoked if, if either of these two made it. I wonder if Topi Niebla could be a guy who they look at for Team Finland. I haven't seen anything about that. Obviously, I'm sure there's some reports in Finland about you know who they may be looking at, but I wonder if he's another guy who we could be watching and could potentially get an opportunity. Maybe there's some some uh, KHL typically has their guys. They may not go for some of the younger dudes there. But I think it'd be it'd be awesome to see this this NCAA North American flair at the Olympics. Kind of the second second best if uh, if uh, if Toronto if the NHLers can't go. But one other interesting name that did pop up on Scott Wheeler's list was Josh Hosang. So he's currently a member of the Maple Leafs organization via an AHL contract with the Toronto. Marlies. And I believe AHLers are able to go to the Olympics. This is just an NHL thing. So if the NHL, uh, if you're signed to an NHL contract, I believe that means that you're unable to go. But because he is signed to an AHL contract, I think Josh Hosang has an opportunity and a chance to star for Canada at the Olympics. That's the name that I'm going to be watching because that would be so cool if Josh Hosang could get himself to the Olympics and just go off like this is a guy who's having a terrific season, um, you know, down in the minors and trying to reestablish himself as a legitimate NHL player. Um, and I think uh, a nice little, nice, uh, nice kind of journey through the Olympics could go a long way to to getting him a contract for next season which is ultimately what he's working for is trying to kind of rehabilitate his his uh his reputation and prove that he can he can be humble and and that he can be an effective everyday NHL player and, and you know getting him to to play or watching him play at the Olympics um would be really cool to see that part of the story as well all right, we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, I'll take a look, a quick peek at the Locked On NHL Power Rankings, let you know where the Leafs have landed, and also talk a little bit about some of the other teams around the league. They're, who's rising, who's falling, who deserves to be higher, who deserves to be lower. We'll get to all that when we return here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one f- spot for all best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code LOCKED ON to get you started. From football to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online it's where the game starts all right welcome back to locked on lease mike DiStefano here the host of this program and you know let's talk about these locked on nhl power rankings we do these each and every week and by we i mean myself along with the other 32 plus um i say plus because some of our some of our shows have uh, more than one person, so there's more than 31 hosts. Uh, but all 32 teams put in their weekly power rankings list, and then they get kind of combined, and we turn out a weekly NHL power rankings, and you could find the power ranking graphic at uh, Lockdown Podcast Twitter. 
or it's Locked On Network. That's the Locked On Network Twitter. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, we'll start with the Leafs, obviously. So the Maple Leafs, they fall from three to four in the last power ranking. So because there hasn't been much hockey, we haven't really done a power ranking since before Christmas. Um, and so since then, I think it was December 16th was the last power ranking that came out. And then we started to see just a whole bunch of cancellations. And realistically, the Maple Leafs have only played two games since December 16th as well. Um... So the Maple Leafs have fallen from third to fourth place. I I can't say I disagree with that because if you look at the team that moved up ahead of them, it was the the Carolina Hurricanes. So like the Hurricanes, I think are a top two team in the NHL. I think they are the top team in the NHL. They're at number two currently um, in this version of our power rankings. I have them as the number one team. I just think that they're exceptional. Uh, Freddie Anderson is having a hell of a year. Uh, but not just like everybody. They're just they're deep. They're balanced. They can do it all. They got great coaching, great systems, and so I'm okay with the Canadian with the Canes leapfrogging the Maple Leafs in the rankings and pushing them uh, to fourth. But I still think that Toronto is a top five team in the league, especially the way that they're playing. I think fourth is very adequate. Only the Panthers, Canes, and Capitals are ahead of them. Uh, a team that I think is too low who deserves to move up is the Pittsburgh Penguins. We currently have them at 14th in the NHL. The Pittsburgh Penguins, to me, are probably inching into the top 10. They, like, I had them in the top 10. And this is a team that's won 10 in a row. 10 games in a row. I think I saw Brian Rust, actually, just put up... He had a stat where he had 11 points, which is one of the most points scored by somebody in the first three games of a new year. And it was like, legitimately, guys like Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux were on this board. I wish I had I had kept it, but just goes to show that they are just having an exceptional season. Like, the guy had a hat-trick the other night. He had another two goals uh, last night. And Jake Gensel scoring at will. Crosby's up in the points. Uh, he's got, I think he's like tired in third, second or third since November 20th in points in the NHL. And then they got Tristan Jarry, who's having an unbelievable season. So the, the Penguins, to me, the way that they've played, uh, the fact that they've won 10 in a row, yeah, they deserve to bump up into the top 10. And one of the teams that I would take out who are in the top 10 um, for them, because obviously if, if a team goes in, a team's got to go out. And I think it's the Calgary Flames. Um, they, they had such a, a, a hot start to the season. We were starting to tail off a little bit. Um They've lost a couple of games here. They got absolutely rocked in uh, in in Florida. It was what, like nine three or something like that. It was oh, it was brutal brutal loss. And then last night they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning four to one and got totally outclassed. I mean Tampa was all over them. Um, so I, I think that the Flames are going in the opposite direction. I, I think that they fall out of the top ten, not too too far, because I still think that they're a pretty good squad and they'll figure themselves out. But to me, I think that they probably fall out of the top ten, and I would put the Penguins rise them up from fourteen into probably the ten spot, um, and, and and the Flames who sit here at ninth, I would move them out. I think. 
Um, one of the other teams who I, I believe probably deserve a little bit more credit here in our rankings, and, and they deserved uh, to go up, I believe. They, they're actually exactly where they were last time, and that's the Nashville Predators. They were 17th back on December 16th. I mean, the, the Predators are first in their division. I'm not sure why they're sit, still sitting at 17th. Like, this is a good team. This is based on points, by the way, not points percentage. But this is a good team, the Nashville Predators. They are definitely exceeding my expectations. They're playing some pretty solid hockey. Um, I, I I believe I had them up in, like, the top like 12, 13 area. So I bumped them up, like, five spots, I think. Uh, and that's where I think that they deserve to be. They're they're scoring at will. Philip Forsberg's having a terrific year. You know, they're getting a, a resurgence out of guys like Mikhail Granlin, Ryan Johansson, uh, who else? Um, Matt Tuchain's having an exceptional season as well. And UC Soros having a, a, another great year. Really, he's, he's turning out to be that, uh, that, that number one goalie that they were hoping he would be. And talk about a team that gets lucky with goaltenders. Going straight from Pecorine to UC Soros. Not too shabby. Not too shabby for the Nashville Predators. Uh, so that's another team that I think deserves to go up a little bit. Uh, all right. I think that's going to yeah, that's gonna do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Going to be teeing up the game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.